Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 88 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Now, I am honored to have as my very special guest today, the Ring of Honor COO, Mr. Joe Koff. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kevin. And it's my honor to be on your show and to, to be able to uh, talk to our podcast people. And, and um, let me thank them in advance for all their support. Uh, we really appreciate it. Well, this is actually your second appearance on the podcast. We had you yep, on back on. Is. Yeah, we had you back on episode 50 because we needed a, you know, kind of a special guest for, for the 50th. That was kind of a milestone episode. And uh, so now here you are back. Is I have to ask you, is uh, any, anything noteworthy going on in ROH these days? Any, any news? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, yes, there is some news, obviously. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it's been quite a week, Kevin, to say the least, um, as you can well imagine. Just from uh, an emotional ride, um, just from a satisfactory ride, just from the honor that I think our company just shows and the respect it shows for its talent and for its fans was really, really on display at, at final battle. And, um, as I think about that night, I really, I really just relish in the happiness of being able to put on such a show with such professionalism and such integrity and artistry and athleticism. But, you know, it was, it was bittersweet. But I, I think the good moments and how the fans felt and how they reacted just really, really was so touching and moving to me that I, I still feel it. I still feel it. I think about it. And I think about all of the tributes that came in from, you know, people like Adam Cole, of course, who was a Ring of Honor favorite during my era. Um, and then the, 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 the earlier era guys like CM Punk and Brian Danielson. Um, to, to see their messaging um, was really, really special because it, the Young Bucks, of course, uh, I don't want him, Eddie Edwards, to see Eddie. Eddie was part of, uh, I, I told Eddie, I sent him a note after he sent me his um, beautiful message that, um, you know, I, I look at his name almost every day because I have a poster flyer from a very, our very first show in New York. And Eddie was wrestling with Davey Richards at the time. So I, I see a lot of our people's names. Young Bucks are on my posters, on my wall. Cody, of course. Um, you know, these are people that, that, that really, really, really impacted, and no pun intended. And we, you know, we even had, you know, messages from Moose, who's now at Impact. You know, we touch the industry in a way that um, is special. And um, if, if any of my people who were sent us messages I'm trying to remember them off the top of my head. I know Chris Daniels did, and um, I don't want to forget anybody, Kevin, but I, I was so appreciative of them all. I sent Jimmy Jacobs, yep. of course, who was part of uh, my world and the, and the other world. Um, all, all of these people, their messages were just so amazing. Plus the personal notes I got from others um, on the news that, you know, I really feel like we made a difference and this company, even even beyond me, Kevin, it's 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 the brand. It's what Ring of Honor represented. I've just been the steward of that brand for the last eleven years, and been able to carry on that brand. It's so special, but to hear the industry 
speak of the brand the way I always feel about the brand is just just remarkable. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think what this end of an era, obviously that's how Final, brand, uh, Final Battle was branded as the end of an era show. I think what it did was really uh, make people kind of think about what has Ring of Honor really meant to this industry over the past 20 years and what impact has it had. And I think people are always, you know, wrestling fans were certainly always aware of that, but this was a moment to kind of reflect on it and celebrate it, all those things that you mentioned. And uh, again, it's not like they didn't understand what Ring of Honor has meant to the business, but this was a chance once again to sort of be reminded of it. And, um, and it was just, I'm sure it was so gratifying for you, as, as you said, to see that. And I think really for everyone in the company to take pride in the fact that they are part of this, they are part of something that was, you know, I don't think revolutionary is, uh, is hyperbole. I think we did revolutionize the business. And, and again, 20 years later, still making uh, an impact. Yeah, you know, to be part of it, and I, I thank you for saying that about our our staff and all of our talent, you know, they're, they're part of the DNA of, of the product. I mean, it's rich. It's, it's got a rich, rich history. And, you know, it's, it's, it, when I think of those tributes, and I know, I know they're playing on social media, um, the full tributes, there's a common thread to all of them, which is we wouldn't be the wrestlers that we are without Ring of Honor. Right. And, and, and you know, it, it's never been anything but that, Kevin. It's, we've never tried to be anything but that. Um, I, I think that, you, you know, obviously we got to a point where we felt competitive and had we been able to get the, the, you know, the destination distribution that we were planning to do before COVID hit and, and, and maybe play in that, that, that primetime sandbox where we would have had a much greater exposure, we're still always going to be that company that where people just found their space and were able to hone their craft and then whatever fortunes took them to wherever they were going to go, it's part of their DNA. So we share, I, I guess, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the show Finding Your Roots on, on PBS with Henry Gates, but when he goes through a family tree or he does the DNA testing and not suggesting this is much more metaphorical than anything, we're linked. DNA, our DNA, the, R, the ROH DNA, whatever that, whatever that molecule or piece, whatever that represents, is linked to so many great names that have been wrestling and are wrestling today and will be hearing about tomorrow still. We still have that legacy. We will always have that legacy. Even going forward, we will have that legacy. You mentioned the word bittersweet. Uh, final battle, end of an era. And that's a word I, I've heard a lot uh, from talent. Uh, I've used the word myself. It really was a, a bittersweet moment. Um, I want to ask you, what was, what was the mood like uh, backstage from your perspective? Uh, did, did you get a chance to speak with talent um, either individually or as a, well, I'm sure you did, it, but I, I want to, as a group or did you just have individual? No, I did not address them. I, I did not address them as a group. We did take a group photo, which I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I was in it. <laughs> you know, you were in it. Okay, yeah. You know what? I have to tell you, Kevin, I was in the very front. Yeah. So I don't know who was behind me. I only know who was on the side of me. Um, and it was, it was so, there were so many people in it. Yes. But 
you know, there was so much love in that photo. So much love. So much respect. So much appreciation. It filled that entire arena. And that's, that's what I would say about that evening. Of course, I spoke to everybody. And, you know, there was no white elephant in the room because we, 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 we've had conversations with everybody prior to this. We are professionals and we had fans. And, and the fans, Kevin, I don't know if uh, you were out in the stands, but I mean, the, the, the fan messaging to me and this, the personal comments and just we believe in you and, and, and all of that stuff. And when people say they believe in me, they believe in Ring of Honor. I, I'm inconsequential to it. But the point is, is that they came out of the love for the brand. They wanted to be part of it. Um, I haven't seen the preliminary figures or any figures on the buy rate, but one one benchmark, one bellwether benchmark, I did get, and it was the highest we've ever had. So there's a there's just a love for this brand, and it's so understandable because it's so honest, it's so honorable, it's so real. When you see a Jonathan Gresham and a Jay Lethal in a match, or you see. You know, the Briscoes, my God, the Briscoes, love them, love them. I mean, they are Ring of Honor. They, These guys put out their all last Saturday night, and all you can do is appreciate that. So, you know, the word bittersweet, it's an easy, it's an easy adjective to use because it encompasses sad, happy. But you know what? It, it, was, it was more, it was bittersweet. How about if we go there? Yeah. Like it was that. bittersweet, not not bittersweet. It was bittersweet. I like that too. I'm gonna. I think we have to change the the narrative a little bit on that. Yeah, I think that that is a, that's an awesome word to describe it. And um, you know, you've really hit on something else I wanted to bring up is just and you know, some people will say, "Oh, that sounds corny," or you know, they're they're just saying that, but it's really true. There's such a relationship between all of the talent. Um, and the, not just the talent, the production people, the office people, um, and the fans. There's, all, there's this, this family-type atmosphere and this ownership of, of Ring of Honor kind of being our brand. And I think that's, that's unique. I mean, the only time I really saw that to this level in the business was the old ECW back in the day, where people really felt yeah. like, the fans felt too, like, I'm, I'm a part of this. And that feeling is definitely there, has been there in Ring of Honor. And you mentioned all the love that you felt uh, in that group picture. And it was cert it was palpable. And it was there all night that these were people who legitimately love working together. They, they give it their all, whether there's 20,000 people there, how many ever we had at Madison Square Garden, or whether there's a few hundred people at a small venue, you'll see the same effort of wanting to steal, everybody wanting to steal the show, have the best match, give the fans their money's worth. But this, there's this communal feeling of working together. And it's not like, I need, to, I need to step on you, you know, which you see in the wrestling business so much. I need to step on you to get to a higher level. It's let's all work together and make this brand as great as it can be. And I think that's really special. So, you know, everyone who has contributed to that atmosphere i think and and certainly i know you will downplay your role and say that you were inconsequential inconsequential i know you will never put yourself over but i will say you know you mentioned being the steward of the company and i think you know that feeling the feelings that people have that is reflective upon 
your stewardship. And when I had Kerry Sokin on a couple uh, weeks ago, he even said that, you know, Ring of Honor was his baby and he had to eventually, you know, he handed the baby off and that baby has been well taken care of for the past decade. That's nice of him. That's nice of him to say. He's a, uh, Carrie's been terrific from the, the, the day I met him to even giving him a hug. And there's a picture of him and I in front of the, uh, the logo that's really special to me because, you know, he, he really did love the brand. And, and look, at the end of the day, we, you know, and the people who are listening to this podcast, Kevin, are our fans. They're part of this community that we were talking about, our family. Um, and I like, I like it as a community as well because communities are made up of different, different strata of the community. But they love their community and they, and they support their community. And I, I think we have a very communal, you know, communal um, someone was mentioning, do you feel like it's like a tribal brand? And I do. I, I, I tribal in, in the positive way. Um, because there, there, we, there's a common, there's a commonality to it. There's a core. There's a, there's, there's something intrinsic about it that's special. I think that's what communities and, you know, tribes in, 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 in a, in a descriptive way are. Um, family, of course, all those things count. And you know, Carrie's very much part of that family. I mean, he's uh, he was an elder statesman, um, and 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 always respected as that as he should have been. He built an incredible, incredible company, as did the people who started it. I mean, Carrie's not, you know, I know there's there's pieces before Carrie, but Carrie's had his fingers in it for probably the longest period of a continuous time. Or maybe I have. I'm not quite sure, but <laughs> I always feel Carrie's been part of that process. So. Sure. I would always give him the, the I'd always give him the the length of of of, of tenure. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, what happened forty eight hours about forty eight hours before final battle. Uh, you never know what you know. They say in pro wrestling, there's always that little um, that little qualifier or disclaimer at the bottom that says card subject to change, and most yeah, of the we time. Had that. That, yeah, most of the time, that's just something that is kind of taken for granted. But then you have a unique circumstance like we had uh, the Thursday before final, final battle was taking place on Saturday. The Thursday before, we find out that our world champion, Bandito, has unfortunately tested positive for COVID. Now we need a new man. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> yeah, I was so sad about that too, Kevin, because, you know, not to rank champions or and then to start getting into that conversation, but Bandito was a special champion and and I would have loved for him. He's a gentleman and he's a wonderful human being and smart and worked hard and is really really gifted. I would have liked him to have that moment with the fans so they could thank him as well. Um, but you know, COVID COVID has put lots of monkey wrenches into everything. Um, just reading, you know, last week, and we'll see how it turns out um, about the NFL and what's going on there now with with COVID and yep. and how it's affecting games and it could affect games. So I, I think it's a reality we're dealing with right now. And you know, being a responsible player in the industry and, and responsible to the point of testing, and he was international, obviously, so he had to be tested before he even came. Right. Um, the point is, is that. We're learning how to live with this reality. We hope it's temporary. I don't know when. I don't know when temporary passes to something a little bit more finite because we're going into two years. But we had it. We had to pivot, 
and I didn't talk about this about Ring of Honor. Two other words I'll use. One, it's very, very agile, and it's very, very resilient. And, you know, and, 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 and sometimes you get lucky and you get serendipitous. And you know what? It was almost fitting that the man who came in to fill in that main event spot was probably someone who we wished would have been there to begin with. Yeah. Um, and that was Jay Lethal, who was so gracious. And, and AEW and, 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 and Impact sharing talent with us, I really, again, respectful. And um, it just it worked out fine. And that was a great match. And there were two really good combatants, two really good people who really love their craft and study their craft and, and really gave the fans. And it was so moving. I don't know if you got to see that end when all the guys came out. Yeah, I did. Uh, again, all the love, all the love, Kevin. You could feel it in that in those moments, those waning moments. And um, it was just a, it was really bittersweet. So, nice. um, yeah. But you know what? Cards change. I, I remember growing up, and and thinking I was going to see one show, and I got there, and it was another show. You know, this is the part where people kind of get a little bit confused and they go, but I thought it was fake and injuries and sicknesses and life events. They're not fake. Right. They couldn't be realer than real. Exactly. And, um, you know, fortunately most guys are healthy, but this COVID is always going to be, this is going to be a problem for any, it's going to be a problem for music. It's going to be a problem for sports. We know it can be a problem in the workplace. You know, we, we have to get this under control and, um, Hopefully, we'll get there sooner than not. Well, and as you said, it was such a uh, it was so unfortunate for Bandito. It, you, you couldn't have been any more right the way you described him as a gentleman. And uh, obviously, he's super talented in the ring, but also a great guy uh, to deal with on a on a personal basis. Uh, but so here we are. The champion is unavailable two days before the show. We need a new main event. We need a new opponent for Jonathan Gresham. Very little time, to say the least, to, to put this together. Um, and then, as you said, Jay Lethal, and, and that's exactly what I was going to ask you about, was, wasn't it, even though it was so unfortunate for Bandito, wasn't it so fitting to have Jay Lethal in the main event of a show called Final Battle, End of an Era? Yeah. So I let, call it fortuitous. Yes. Fortuitous. Well, let me, you know, let me, it was seren, it was it was like serendipity, and, and like the ideal would have thing would have been maybe you know obviously I would have loved to have both of them there, right? But you know we we were prepared either way, and then as it happened, you know there's just something to the you know it's meant to be is meant to be, and I didn't I don't want I don't want that meant to be to go to COVID for Bandito, but for Jay to play Final Battle was kind of really sweet for the fans and and sweet for everybody. You know Jay's Jay was beloved in our organization is a beloved in his own new organization because he's a fabulous person and a real professional and respected and as he should be admired all the let right me, things let me ask you specifically about about jay and um i don't know how much you want to pull the curtain back or how much you can talk about but um obviously jay had left ring of honor a month or so ago to sign with aew uh were you involved at all once once this goes down with bandito and we need a new opponent, and we're kind of scrambling to find somebody. Were you involved uh, at all directly with bringing Jay back to work this match? No. And you know what, Kevin? You know, it's, it, 
uh, as much as this might be surprising, and it really shouldn't be because it's been the same way, they called and told me that that's what the that's what they did. Okay. I, I I trust I trust my people to make the right decisions for the organization because they feel about the organization as I do. So when I heard it, I smiled like I'm sure many fans did, and I said, "Oh, that's just fantastic! I'm so happy to hear that. How fitting and how nice and how right." But no, I had nothing to do with. Uh, I didn't even know. They told okay. me. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, there's a lot of that. I don't. I don't really. When I go to matches or when I go to the arenas and stuff like that, I really want to see what the fans are seeing, and I want to see the outcomes as the fans see it. I don't really need to know who who wins or who doesn't win, or you know, my. my <laughs> I, I'm so much more on the business side about let's make sure the show ends on time. Let's make sure they get a good performance. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, the matches, the matches I expect. That's the that's the that's the the bar. I expect unbelievable matches. That's the brand. That's who we are. So what I want is to make sure that the experience is is fulfilled, and whatever expectation there was of being at an ROH event is fulfilled. Because the one thing we didn't mention in all of those glowing adjectives is that we're a very experiential company for the fans. We, we care about their experience. We listen to what they are interested in. This has always been something that I've prided myself from the beginning, not only the collaborative talent and input on creative efforts, but I like to hear what the fans say. Right. I mean, they, they matter. Absolutely. Fans matter. I don't want to dictate to them what I think they like. I want to know what they like. And, you know, Saturday night at that final battle, the end of the era, they liked what they liked. And we gave them what they liked because we understand that relationship and that community. And we wanted to give them some surprises and we wanted to treat them to something special, like those video tributes and some of the surprise people that showed up and stuff like that. It doesn't happen by accident. And it, it happens with a lot of thought and a lot of a lot of planning and, and, and just impassion and understanding who we are, what we are, why we do it and how we do it. Well, and I want to say something, Joe, and, I, and I'm not blowing smoke here. Um, I, I think what I've always seen as uh, great leadership is when a leader can put people in charge that he knows uh, it, it, whatever their specialty is, whatever they do well, you put them in, in charge of that and then you let them do their job and you trust them to do that job. And you just spoke about that as far as not being directly involved in creative decisions and being told afterwards what we're doing in the main event of Final Battle because you trust the people. And I'm gonna, let's you know name at least one name and I know he doesn't like his name mentioned a lot, but let's talk about uh, Hunter Johnston because he's the one, he is our head of creative uh, his official title, I believe, is executive producer, but I'm not certain about that. But he's our head of creative, and he's the guy that was tasked. He's the guy that was tasked with, uh oh, Bandito's out. What are we going to do? Uh, we've got 48 out. Well, less than 48 hours. We've really got less than that. We have to figure this out. Um, and Hunter, yeah. Hunter, Hunter did that. And I think uh, Hunter wants to remain uh, as anonymous as possible, and, and uh, I respect that. But I do think when we're talking about final battle end of an era and really what Hunter's done since uh, Sinclair bought the company back in 2011, it doesn't really get enough credit and he, he shies away from the limelight. But I think now, you know, now that we're at this sort of pivotal point, 
I think it's just a good time to mention um, Hunter's contribution to the company. And again, I, I love the fact that you have that faith in him and you put that trust in him and then you kind of step back and let him do his job. Yeah, I, I, I know he doesn't like to hear about this and, and I really, I'm not going to spend a lot of time because what a, anything I would say here, I've already said to him personally. Mm-hmm. He, he's been a remarkable partner for me. He is one of the smartest minds in the business and he'd probably be one of the smartest minds in any business because he's a good thinker. He's a critical thinker. He's, he's emotionally non-emotional. Um, he understands what is supposed to happen in the ring because, you know, he wrestles, he wrestles or he wrestled in his past and sometimes still wrestles. He, he knows what's going on. He knows what it's supposed to feel like. He, he, he's not, you know, he, he's not someone who hasn't, who's asking anyone to do anything he hasn't done himself. And that, that to me is very pivotal, Kevin, in my, in my leadership team. Um, you know, I, I, I want people who are followed because they believe in what they believe in. You know, and, and, and Hunter is, is a classic example of that. Somebody told me, and I, I never even knew this was a statistic. I mean, I guess there's a wrestling Elias sports bureau type thing, but someone told me that he's he's like the longest continu- continuous booker of any promotion. I think that's true. And yeah. I, I, I guess it is. I mean, I would never even think of it, and I would never even use that as a benchmark for anything. The reason he is that is because he knows what I'm looking for, and he knows how to execute that. It's his vision. It's my vision. It's our vision. I'm not going to tell him who should be in what match. I don't know enough about it. And you know where I learned that from? I actually learned that in the industry when I did Battle of the Belts back in 84, 1984, that is. So we're dating ourselves a little bit. <laughs> but it was the first ever prime time syndicated live television wrestling predates everything predates raw predates impact all of that stuff this was, back in, this was back in florida we should let people know yeah this was back in tampa I was working with championship wrestling from florida and we developed a wonderful wonderful relationship and very warm those those guys knew it i mean those guys felt about their brand like we feel about ring of honor different time different place i mean the television was way more critical to their business than, than, than it is now with social media and other ways to get your product out. Television was the only way to get your product out. And it was basically a paid television commercial, which is what most of the wrestling was on TV. And what we, you know, was the original infomercials. But when I put together the thing of, of, of a battle of the belts, I was working with, of course, Wahoo McDaniel at the time, who was the booker in that territory. Mike Graham, who was a, Mike Graham, who's the son of Eddie Graham, the fabulous Eddie Graham, who created Championship Wrestling from Florida, and, and I used to watch wrestle in the '50s and '60s as part of the fabulous Graham brothers, him and Dr. Jerry. Um, and you know, Mike was saying, "I understand your concept. I really like it. We're going to only have championship battles." And he said, "Give me an idea of who you think should be in some of these matches." And, of course, I had to have Ric Flair against Wahoo McDaniels because I just thought that would be an unbelievable match, which it was. But I threw, I'm threw. i not going to throw out the name because I don't want I, I, to – the name's not important. But his comment was because he was somewhat of a gimmick wrestler, and I liked his gimmick. And 
I said to Mike, I mentioned this wrestler's name, and Mike said to me, nobody's interested in that for this kind of a caliber match. You're not understanding what you're trying to put forth because you don't have that feel for it yet. He didn't say ever. He just said yet. Right. And I looked at him and I thanked him. I said, you just taught me a very valuable lesson. Everyone wants to be the booker. We see this online all the time. And you know what? I think there's going to be an opportunity down the road where we can have fans being the bookers. We've tried it. We've done shows like that in Columbus. And you know those shows where we've actually asked the fans to put together the matches. And the fans today are much smarter and, 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 and really, they're smarter than the fans were in 1984. And if I'm insulting anybody from 1984, I don't mean to. That doesn't mean you weren't an unbelievably ardent wrestling follower. Everybody's smarter with technology and facts and figures and analytics and stuff like that. But when Mike Graham told me that, I said, your role in this business is to be in the business of wrestling, not to be in the wrestling business. The wrestling business is special. It takes a special mind. It takes special understanding of the guys and what they have to do and what they go through. And you know what? How would I know? I was a salesman at a television station who just loved wrestling. And I learned it from Mike. And when I met Hunter for the first time, I said to him, I'm never going to tell you what I want. I'll give you who I think. I will give you suggestions. But I will never tell you who should win and who shouldn't win and who should be there and who shouldn't be there. And that's how I worked with Hunter all this time. Well, and like I said, that, that to me is what smart leaders do is you, you put the people in place that you trust and that you know are good and then, and then you trust them. And, um, you know, and, so- and the other thing about Hunter, and again, I haven't worked with a lot of guys, bookers, really. So I, my, my experience is limited primarily to Hunter. Yeah. Um, we learned from Jim Cornette, but Jim Cornette is Hunter's protege. So the learning has to be pretty close to the vest or at least the, you know, the, the, the core learning. Hunter is one of the, the he's, he's so generous and so selfless. And there's no selfishness in his thinking. There's no ego in his thinking. He's really, really special. And because of that specialness, that's why he succeeded. And that's why he succeeds. And that's why I don't think he was panicked when he heard about it. I think he paused. He said, oh, shoot, or whatever he might have said. (laughs) But he said, I'm going to be able to figure this out. Just give me a few seconds, or it might have been a few minutes. And he did. And that's how he's handled everything for us. Because there's never been any, any time that we've owned this where there hasn't been a situation, medically, whatever, where we've had a pivot. And he's the calm in the storm. He's the eye of the tornado. And you, you can't ask for someone better in a situation than that. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's so much that goes along. So, Hunter, if you're listening, I'm sorry I had to say it. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll probably be hot at me for, for bringing his name up. And, I know. Uh, I was putting him over the way, the way we have. But, um, yeah, so much of what goes into being the booker is, uh, is, yeah, being able to problem solve. And when something comes out, you know, something always unexpected is going to happen. Something comes out of left field and you have to figure out plan B or sometimes plan C. Uh, but, and, you know, again, in addition to just being creative and knowing how to book wrestling, uh, you have to be a communicator and you have to know how to talk to talent and deal with talent. And there are egos and all those things. And I think Hunter has just, you know, I've watched him 
for the last, I guess, six years now since I've been involved with the company. And I've just kind of sat back and watched how he handles all these, um, you know, booking can be a very stressful job and there are lots of landmines. And I've watched Hunter maneuver around it and, um, you know, really gain the respect of everybody in the locker room because they do know it's not about him. It's not about his ego. And he's really just trying to put out the best product for Ring of Honor. And, um, you know, I also have to say, I like the way Hunter, and this will be the last thing I say, Hunter, I promise if you're listening, is I really like the way he honors people who have worked hard in the company and, um, and they deserve a break. And, and I'll give one example. It happened at Final Battle, and that's Rhett Titus. And I don't necessarily believe in, well, actually, I don't believe it. I don't believe in, well, let's reward someone because they've been loyal and been a good soldier. I believe in, let's reward someone who has been loyal and is a good soldier and deserves it. Okay. This yeah. wasn't, this wasn't just a, Hey, thanks Rhett for being around for the last 14 years or 15 years. This was, man, you've been around and there were times when you've taken a back seat to other other people and you went, you weren't, you know, promoted as a top of the card guy and all those things, but you're still here. You're still really good at what you do. And he was given an opportunity with the foundation to again, remind everybody of how good he really is. And I could not have been happier for Rhett and people will say, well, wrestling's a work and it's, you know, not real and all that. You can't tell me. It was, Rhett, it was pretty real. It was pretty real to Rhett on Saturday night. Absolutely. And it was real to Rhett's family as well. I happened to be sitting one row. Be, I, sat, I did watch uh, a lot of the show from the crowd. I was one row behind Rhett's lovely wife, and she had uh, one of his young sons there as well. Yep. And uh, I can tell you what, her reaction uh, was certainly genuine and not fake. And, and it was a big deal for Rhett to be honored uh, at final battle, end of an era, to be, for now, the last ROH World Television Champion. He had never won a singles championship in his 15 years in Ring of Honor. Uh, despite, despite how good he is, it was just never his time. Uh, he was, you know, two-time tag team champion, but never singles gold. Yep. And, uh, man, it was just, it almost, again, I don't want this to sound corny, but seeing Rhett get that moment and knowing how much it meant to him and seeing how much it meant to his family, like, I got a lump in my throat. You know, just just being just witnessing it. And again, that goes back yeah, to, yeah. that goes back to, you know, it all circles back to Hunter giving Rhett that opportunity to prove himself, which he has done over the past year or so, and to put himself in position for that and then getting rewarded with that. And that's another thing, like I say, I love about Hunter is he doesn't give up on people and he sees the value in people when maybe sometimes other people may not see it. Yeah. And, and you know what? Let me tell you, and again, we don't, I, I don't want to start talking about individuals because when they listen back, they'll go, well, what about me? Right. But let me just tell you a little bit about Rhett because I felt that same kind of joy. And I saw him taking pictures in the back with his family. And I was, I was so happy for him because, you know, Rhett was really young when we took over Ring of Honor. Yeah. Really young. And I mean, really, you know, I think he was just beginning in the business. I, you said 15 years. If he's been with Ring of Honor 15 years, I didn't know he was with Ring of Honor four years before I got there. But I know he was there from the first day um, when, when we when we bought the company and signed the talent. He is, he's, he's a student of this business. He's the guy that works hard during the day and then goes home and works hard again to get to that next place. He's a perfectionist. He's a, 
a wonderful, wonderful, warm, gentleman, human being. Couldn't be happier for him. And, yes, it really does go to Hunter. And nobody questioned it. Nope. Nobody questioned. I didn't even know, to tell you the truth. It didn't matter to me. It was a pleasant surprise. And, I, you know, I almost felt like you just said it. You know, everything you just said, Kevin, is almost like what flashed through my mind. It's like how deserving and how wonderful and how respectful. You know, you, you said that Hunter has the respect of the, of the locker room. And, and respect is an earned quality. I think a lot of these guys come in and go, well, I'm the boss, so you better respect me. Well, respect just doesn't come in that bottle. Respect comes over time when you do the right things for the right people and you take the heat where heat is not necessarily warranted, but you don't want it to go to the other people. Respect is an amazing, amazing quality of leadership. Hunter is a genuine, genuinely good leader and very, very loyal. Loyal to those who are loyal to him, but loyal to his fans and to the brand and knowing what would please the fan. And getting read that title was that kind of logic that went in to make that decision whole. So um, kudos go to all of that. And, I, and we could say that, look, again, I don't want to go match by match, but I, I just look at our younger talent and I just see their future so bright. In the new Ring of Honor, reconfigure Ring of Honor, whatever that might be at this point, or even in other promotions. These, these guys are really, really good. Well, I want to mention a guy, and, and I know, like you said, we don't want to go start mentioning every, you know, a bunch of individuals. Well, we can, but we're going to have to talk about, if you're going to do that, then we have to talk about everybody. <laughs> well, I do want to mention one more guy, uh, and as a guy I mentioned okay. earlier, Jonathan Gresham. Because, yes. uh, you know, Gresham wins the original, and I thought this was so cool and such a great idea, to, get, to present the winner of that Jay Lethal-Jonathan Gresham match with the original Ring of Honor world title belt. And I thought this was also fitting, uh, you know, for an end of an era show. And not just because it was the original title belt, but because Gresham as the world champion, to me, harkens back to the previous era of Ring of Honor when, and Gresham said, that, said this in his post-match uh, promo, holding that championship at one point really meant that you were the best wrestler in the world. Not necessarily the biggest in terms of size or in terms of personality, but the best wrestler. And so I thought, what better way to end a show called End of an Era uh, than Jonathan Gresham, who to me is a throwback to those guys like Brian Danielson, who really great in the ring, but there was a time when people at quote unquote bigger companies didn't see a guy like that as marketable. Um, you know, I, I just thought that was very, very fitting for Gresh to be the guy to hold that championship up at the at the end of the show. I mean, what are you? You know, that's 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 the intuitiveness of of again. We'll say it to Hunter, and we're not going to dwell on him much longer because he's probably, you know, ripping his masks up. Um, but the the thing is, is that that that's that's what someone who understands it from inside out understands and feels for that talent or for that moment. And, you know, Saturday night was like very many Ring of Honor nights. It was so in the moment. It was so authentic. I mean, I, I never I, – I felt it was Ring of Honor. I just felt that the stories were just told beautifully, and I, I really wasn't sure how they were going to end. And it didn't matter to me how they ended because they were so hard-fought and so heartfelt 
that it didn't matter what the outcomes were. And that's special. I, I, don't, I don't know any other promotion that really handles it that way. I want to ask you one other question about uh, Jay Lethal, because I think it's something fans are probably wondering about. And that is, uh, Jay obviously uh, left Ring of Honor about a month or so ago to sign with AEW. Uh, what was your reaction, if, if you want to speak on it? Uh, so when Jay got the opportunity to sign with AEW, um, he asked out of his ROH contract early, just what was your reaction? Obviously, Jay was allowed to do that. Uh, can you just talk about what your feelings were? Oh, I, first of all, I, I, I'm not going to go into depth about it because Jay and I have a special relationship that's built on trust, honor, and respect. Um, so when he asked, it wasn't even a question. Um, I didn't know where he was going, and he never told me. Okay. He just said he needed to have this kind of freedom to talk to whoever he was talking to. And it was very, very emotional. It was very, very... It was special. It was private, um, but there was no way that was not going to happen. So, you know, it, it, what, 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 if, if we're looking for some kind of drama out of this or some kind of high tensions that existed in the conversation, there was probably more tearing yeah. than, than, than jeering. Yeah. Well, and I know so, you've always been close with Jay, so uh, that's what I anticipate. Well, I mean, you know, he's been... You know, Jay, Jay's, Jay's been a good steward for, of the wrestling part of the business, and he's done a good job, and he's admirable, and he's honorable. And, you know, I, I feel, look, if any one of them came to me with, on that day with the same request, of course I would do that. I, why would I stand in their way? I, I haven't stood in anyone else's way. Right. Why would I start doing it on that, on that day? You've got to be consistent in how you behave. Absolutely. So um, it was special. Well, and no doubt, as you said, Jay, certainly deserving of the name, the moniker, the franchise of Ring of Honor, uh, not just for the, obviously he's held the world title longer than anybody and the TV title longer than anybody, but beyond all that, as you said, it's just the way uh, Jay has uh, sort of set the bar in Ring of Honor and, uh, and always represented the company that, uh, yeah. And, and like we said earlier, no one wanted to see Bandito get sick. <laughs> no one. No, wanted, not that. Yeah. But but Jay yeah. coming back, fortuitous was the word you used, or serendipitous. Yeah. Uh, it just it just worked out that you know Jay should have been there and Jay was there and um, obviously yeah. Bandito. A, go ahead. Yeah, he's a leader. I mean, he he. You know, I, I I watched him. You know, over the years, you know, Jay would come into the locker room and he'd be in a suit or he'd be certainly dressed, with, you know, not wearing you know, workout shorts or whatever. And I remember him going up to some of the guys, the younger guys, and just kind of mentor them and coach them. Yep. And again, very, very gracious, unselfish, just to help them be better at what they do. And I, I always admired that. I, I always admired that part of him. Yeah. I, and Jay, and, so and you could see, and you could see Kevin, you're, you're in the back, you're in the back when the guys come in, you can see who I'm talking about. Absolutely. I mean, there. It, 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 it just sets a different tone. And, and, you know, when Jay and I were talking about it, he said, this is a business and I treat it like a business. Yep. And when I'm out there, I want us to, you know, I want to represent the business in the best possible. Listen, that, that's, that's wonderful. And, 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 you know, you see that, you see that a lot more. Um, and it, it's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of seriousness. 
it doesn't matter to me if you came in, you know, with, with sweats and whatever, you know, because I don't know what you were doing prior. doesn't matter to me. I, I fly all the time for business. I'm still the best dressed person on the plane because everyone else is in sweats and, and sweatshirts and, and I, I can't, I can't do that. And obviously Jay couldn't do that either. Right. But I remember traveling years ago just on business and I happened to be on a flight with um, some of the WWE guys because there were a lot of them that were based in Tampa and they all had suits on yep. and they all looked like they were professional something. You knew they were you knew they weren't business people, but they, because of their size and stuff like that. But they, they, they carried themselves very professionally, and I was always struck by that. For sure. All right, well, we're going to take a, a, a quick break, uh, and then we got more to talk about with Joe right after Okay. This is the Mile High Magnum Dak Draper of Ring of Honor Wrestling wishing you a happy holiday. Want to hear post-match interviews from tonight's competitors? Want to see exclusive brand new matches? Want to learn about breaking news before anyone else? Week by Week is the perfect companion to everything that happens on ROH TV. It premieres every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on the official ROH YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash ring of honor. Stay informed on the best wrestling on the planet. I'll see you there. This is the M-E-C-C, A, the Mecca, Brian Johnson of Bring of Honor Wrestling, wishing all you bozos happy holidays. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. Very special guest today, Bring of Honor, COO, Joe Koff. Joe, I want to talk a little bit more about Final Battle, End of an Era, and Obviously, this was a very buzzworthy show, not just because of it being a milestone event. Well, first of all, Final Battle is our biggest show of the year, so it's a big deal yep. anyway. But obviously, more importance, uh, more significance, I should say, not important, more significance, I think, this year. But one of the things that everybody was buzzing about was, uh, you know, there were some big surprises at the show. Uh, we saw FTR from AEW have a, an incredible pull apart brawl with the Briscoes and, and what a what a you talk about moments in pro wrestling and, and getting goosebumps. I mean FTR after the lights went out and they show up in the ring with the Briscoes. That was one of those those moments. Uh, Diana Perrazzo coming out to challenge our women's champion Roxy. That was another great moment. And of course I think something that no one could have seen coming was uh, Adam Scher, formerly known as Braun Strowman showing up and uh, and laying waste to three of our talents. Um, and then, of course, we saw all those video tributes, which uh, you alluded to earlier, uh, that, have, that some were on the show. Uh, they're all on social media now. We saw those tributes from uh, AEW guys, Impact guys. Uh, we mentioned a few, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Young Bucks, Cody, a bunch of others. Um, with all of that in mind, and I know that this was a special night and a special show, but we hear so often in this business, and probably I'm tired of hearing about it at this point, is the forbidden door. And we hear about that all the time. So I'll just ask it, since that's become a term. Um, did that night signify going forward that the forbidden door has been cracked open? As far as ROH is concerned, and when we come back from this uh, brief hiatus, will we be working with other promotions potentially? 
Well, you know, let me touch on that forbidden door. I never even heard what I didn't even know what that meant. Somebody used the term, and I said, "What is that? What are you even talking about?" Yeah. Um, and 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 you know, I want to think about that for a second because when did we ever have really a forbidden door? I mean, we worked with New Japan, we did promotions with NWA, yep. we worked with New Japan America. I mean, yes, we did not work with WWE at the time, but I, it's not because we didn't necessarily want to, but they wouldn't want to. I mean, and we, it wasn't even the thought. You know, they, 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 they set their own rules, and respectfully so. I, I, have, I would never question what they do. They, are, they, they do an unbelievable job. AEW, you know, we really didn't have a lot of opportunity. Um, they're building their promotion, and you know, they, they wrestled through COVID. I think, I think had COVID not hit, I think that we would have seen probably a little bit more speculation. Mm -hmm. I'm speculative here because it's easy to say in hindsight, maybe more AEW kind of maybe potentials, potentials, but I, I've never felt the door was really closed. Um, and I still don't, I mean, we've always wrestled with other promotions, but you know, Ring of Honor is our business, and when you wrestle with other promotions, you lend your brand to their business. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it doesn't help us at all. So we were very judicious, and there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of outreach for that, um, to tell you the truth. Prior, so if this is something that fans want, it's something I really care about because I do care about the fans. But I do want to say one thing about um, the guys from FTR. And I, I really hope that you don't mind my telling the story. So, um, but I went up to thank them for being there because I thought it was important. And I wanted to make sure that Tony Khan knew how appreciative I was and which I, I totally was as I was with Scott at impact and, and anyone else who was willing to, you know, be part of that because it's wrestling history. And you know what? Ring of honor is really Switzerland. When you get to it, we, we really, it, it, we can work anywhere. And we can have we have guys that can work anywhere. And I just I met them for the first time. I did, I really, you know, you know, I only knew where they were, so I knew who they were. And I just said, I really thank you for being here. And I one of them. I'm not sure which one because I don't know their names offhand. So I apologize, guys. He said, you know, I always dreamed of wrestling in Ring of Honor, and tonight I can cross it off my bucket list. Wow. That meant so much to me. That's that respect. Yep. That's that respect for who and what we are, that he felt that. And, and, and this is a guy that's played on a big stage over the last year, two years. I mean, they've been in big, big places. Yep. But to have that sense of that just really meant a lot to me. So, and then, of course, seeing Deanna. Deanna, Deanna wrestled for us um, in the past. And then when I saw Adam Scherer in the back, and I knew I knew I hadn't seen him before. Really, didn't know who he was. I knew he was a big guy. Um, and then when I found out what that was about, I was so proud that it was brought to us and it worked out as well as it did. I think that that's that magic. That was part of the magic of the evening, but it was also, I think, the magic of our collaboration as a company. Somebody brought in an idea. I I I was part of the decision on that. I mean, I knew about that they were bringing in some surprises, but Hunter thought it would be good for the show. Hunter thought it would be good for whatever character development or storylines he was thinking about. And he said, yeah, let's do that. Again, no selfishness, 
you know, everybody understood why, everybody understood how it was to work, and it was executed beautifully, it really was. Yeah, I don't think it could have come off any better. I mean, the fans were legitimately shocked. Uh, look, they were shocked when, when all three of those surprises happened. But if you would have said to somebody beforehand, um, you know, it, what's the, is there a possibility FTR could show up, Diana Peraza could show up, people could conceive that, man, maybe that's possible. I don't think anyone saw uh, Adam showing up uh, at final battle, end of an era, but the way he did it. And I don't think anyone expect, I don't, I don't think anyone expected the likes of a CM Punk or a Brian Danielson or an Eddie Edwards or Jimmy, J or the, all the Adam and the young bucks, Cody right. to really say the things that they did because it's, it's not like what you would expect. And that's what was special about the evening. So it was, it was really, it was, it was better sweet. Well, let, let's talk about uh, the future. Uh, and I know yeah. maybe we can't get into uh, a lot of specifics, but uh, let's catch people up to speed. If they, if they aren't aware, I'm sure our listeners are, are pretty much aware, but uh, it was announced in October that Ring of Honor is going to need to make changes to uh, the way we do business. And, and there's going to need to be a pivot with a new mission, a new strategy. I don't know that you've, uh, you, may, you may have done an interview here or there, but um, I don't know that, I mean, this is the first opportunity for you to speak directly to the fans uh, on, in this format. Uh, in a nutshell, without going into too many specifics or details, but just in a nutshell, why was it necessary for the pivot at this time? It's a really a broad conversation, and I'm, I'm not trying to hedge. It was really business-oriented. I mean, if we, we go back to, let's go back to 2018, when we're thinking about 2019 and beyond, and we made a decision that in order for us to be as relevant or to be as competitive in the fans' minds, we needed to have a bigger program, a primetime offering, high production, high talent. Um, and, you know, so we built, for the, you know, anyone who's been in business, and a lot of your people are, because I know our fans there, they come from all walks of life. You don't make a decision in January and start, you know, for March. These things are thought out well in advance. You have to plan. You have to figure out, you know, how it's going to work, how it's going to, what's the return on those efforts and ideas. So back in 2018, because nobody could have foreseen what happened in 2019, we were on our road and on our way to being a live event. Um, we were, you know, the distribution point, we always had our own distribution. It was not a problem. We were always looking for different points of distribution. And we built the company around that to sustain us to that level. Um, it meant more people because if you're going to go weekly, we were never a weekly promotion. We did weekly television, but we, we, those weren't done weekly. So when you go into a weekly mindset, it changes the business dynamic. And it wasn't a big leap. It was the logical step. And that's what we did. So we built our company around 52-week live programming, basically. Right. Well, we were ready to go in July of 2019. Everything was in order. We were plugging along. And then all of a sudden, March came of 2019. And the world as we know it stopped. And I'm not going to go – we don't have to rehash – you know, how I felt about that, what I thought was important for our guys and their safety and their well-being and making sure that however long it went, 
people would be taken care of to the best of our ability, which was unbelievable to considering so much of our talent is international and could never get here, even if even if the country was open, they would never be able to get here. So I don't I don't look back on any of that. I'm really proud of all that. But what happened between 19 into 20, no, this was 20. I, I keep missing up my dates because this is 2021. That's how crazy the year was. Right. So let me correct that. 19, we did the plan to go live in 20. So I just, just moved move, move my, my dates up a year. Well, a lot happened in, 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 inside of those eight months in 2019, including the meteoric rise and deserved rise of an AEW and their deal with Turner and what they've done in the industry as a, as a full-blown competitor to WWE. Um, you know, we still have the third, the third highest weekly distribution and weekly cum of any of the promotions because of our over-the-air television coverage and the, and the RSNs. The difference, though, Kevin, is, as everyone knows, is that it's market-specific. So if you're in Baltimore, you know it's Saturday night at 10 o'clock on WNUV, and then it's on 12 o'clock noon on, 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 on Channel 24. You, you have to be a fan to find wrestling. It's not destination-oriented. But we, we understood that. We were, we were fine with that. We were going to create our own destination marketplace. But in that time, they were wrestling. They were growing. They were wrestling out of the state of Florida, which certainly had different rules for business. They weren't dealing with a commission. And I, I, you know, I, I laud the Maryland Commission for their safety and all that kept us even safer than perhaps I would have been. But I respect it, and we did it, and I'm really happy we did it because it gave our wrestlers and our talent and our staff who work there a greater sense of comfort that we've taken the most protection we possibly could. But what happened is, is that when he passed, and then 2021 started, and we were we were just not in that position, nor could we see that continuation of the product at that level, which forced my business team and my unbelievable brand of imagineers, uh, you know, imaginers, and, and you know, our our core people, to kind of think about what what should we do next, what can we do next, what what would be the next logical step, and that's where we are in the process right now. So, you know, we're still basking a little bit, as you said, in that sunlight. Um, and we have some really nice things up our sleeves for around the first of the year. And as we get into the first quarter, we will start seeing maybe not only the blueprints, but the actual design of what the next Ring of Honor will look like. Well, that's what I want to uh, get into next. And when we made that announcement in October that, you know, changes need to be made and we're going to take the first quarter of 2022, uh, words that were used were reimagine, uh, reconceptualize Ring of Honor. And, and we also talked about, uh, you know, the idea is to return to live events in April with Supercard and that we'll have a new fan, and I'm quoting directly here from our statement, a fan-focused product. Um, what can you tell us if any, if anything, again, I know you can't get into specifics because, you know, we. And I thank you for that because I'm not going to. So I, I like that you're giving me that yes. right up front. Not, uh, you know, it, it really is. It, it really is. It really is too early for me to give much detail. 
but we do plan on delivering a product, one that that epitomizes who we are. And not only deliver a product, but really an experience for the fan that I think doesn't exist today in the professional wrestling traditional landscape. I, I, I will only say that because we've always identified with our fans and always felt that they were really the lifeblood of who we are, I, I think that that's kind of the reimagining that we're moving to, is, is that fan engagement, that fan collaboration, that fan interest, and how do we harness that to build a promotion that's really built for and by the fans. So, but that's, that's about as deep as I'm going to get, because like I said, we're really in the early stages, and I'm not ready to get into full detail about that. Okay, and that's fair enough. Let me ask you one, uh, one question. This is just a general question, because I've seen the word if used by, um, in some circles by fans, also some wrestling uh, media. They use the word if when talking about Ring of Honor's future. If Ring of Honor comes back. Um, in your mind, does if, is it if or is it when? No, it's always when. Okay. I just wanted you to actually say that and clear it up because yeah, I, I will always say I will always say that. But you know what? If if and whens are just words that you know. I think I think people just are cynical, a little bit cynical at times about decisions like that because you know what would happen, Kevin, is interesting, and this is nothing against the fourth estate of wrestling business because it was such a difficult decision and such a difficult time to talk to about it and the timeliness of it. I really chose to speak to just one journalist, wrestling journalist. And I think that everyone else was looking for headlines off of that interview. And what seeped into the narrative, and it's, it's not uncommon, nor is it wrong, or, or do I have any issue, is that we were shutting down when all we announced is that we were not doing any live events, right. live touring events in the first quarter. We never, ever use the word shutting down. So that became speculation because that's what gets people interested in articles. And instead of talking about the good, it's always much better and juicier to talk about the what ifs. Even right. in that interview, I never said the word if. I never talked about us shutting down. I just said we would not be touring in first quarter as we thought about how to reimagine the product and bring it back at Supercard, or bring a product back at Supercard. It may not even be what the finished product will be. But you know what? I'm not going to be held captive by, by that. It, it doesn't matter. I never cared about what, what that was said, because only I know the truth, and my people know the truth. And you know, at some point, and I think we saw it with this outpouring of love and respect and, and just just trying to fight in the right word because I, I I think about that night and I think about what we've done over the last 10 years and there's a greater adjective than I'm being able to get right now. People trust this brand and they've got to trust the buoyancy of the brand. And it's, it's not going to be something that's dumb. It's going to be something that's been thought out and will enhance whatever experience or feeling they've had prior. Is everyone going to like it? Well, I don't know because it's not, a fin it's not finished yet. So I don't know whether they'll like it or not. But I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who won't, and they'll doom us. And then there'll be plenty of people who really respect what we do and will laud us. 
we're in, we're in the court of public opinion here. So really, whoever wants to believe what I'm saying now will believe me. And whoever wants to go to the if camp, they'll be in the if camp. I, I can't change that. Well, and I, I, I appreciate you putting it in those terms. And certainly, to your point, you never use the word if or shut down. It's, but we've seen those things, again, people speculating, to use your word, it was certainly speculative, that everybody wants to, uh, well, not everybody, but I've just seen it in some circles where people say, if Ring of Honor comes back, or they want to shovel dirt prematurely on the company. Yeah. And I just think it was important for our fans to hear from you. I think there, some of them hear those things, or they see those headlines, or that speculation, and, and it concerns them and worries them. And I think to hear you well, say, yeah, I've never used those words, gives them some reassurance that the product that they love is not going away, that it's when we return, not if we return. Correct. Correct. I mean, you know, we, we have a, there'll be television programs all through um, first quarter before Supercard. They'll be really engaging television. It may not look like the Ring of Honor with matches, but we went through, what, four or five months yeah. of of. of, of product that didn't have matches that I think were as good, if not better, than the match programs. And the ratings certainly supported that. So I think we have to have a little faith. And the fans need to have a little faith. I th I, I'd like to believe, because this is me thinking that, you know, it's, it's almost like, I hope, I hope, I hope. So rather than get disappointed, they go, well, they're probably not going to come back, because then the disappointment won't be as great. Because they go, yeah, I th that's what I thought. But I don't believe that. I really believe that there's a wish and a hope that we come back when we come back stronger than we've ever been. And it might take some time because that does take time. But we have the time, Kevin. I'm, I'm, in no, I'm under no gun right. for timing. I mean, we're going to do it right. We're going to do it as we always have. And we're going to put together a great product. Well, and again, I don't want to miscategorize, certainly, uh, the majority of our fans because I think there is that faith there, that trust there. Uh, they know the resiliency over the years. The wrestling landscape is, as we all know, ever-changing. And, and Ring of Honor has been able to adapt for the last 20 years to that ever-changing landscape and be resilient, exactly. even, even in the face of sometimes what looked like, you know, maybe insurmountable challenges. So I think the majority of our fans have that faith in the brand. Um, but again, I just wanted to reassure those who, sure. who see words like if and you know, will they shut down? And, you know, I think, I think it's important that they hear again from you that, um, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't get ahead of yourself with that. Don't bear. Yeah, we've never used those terms. Yeah. Those were not terms that, you know, look, I don't want it, 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 you know, not to steal anything, but you know what, again, I understand why people write because first of all, I'm sure I heard a lot of feelings and I heard a lot of egos perhaps by not giving someone else an interview or not agreeing to an interview or whatever. But, you know, again, I go back to this. I can't be put into both barrels. I run Ring of Honor as a business unit. It's a business. And you make decisions for business. Yes, some of them are not popular. Some of them may not even be warm and fuzzy. But they're businesses because we're in business. And if I, if, if I could independently operate Ring of Honor, maybe I would think differently. But I don't think so, Kevin, because I'm a businessman. I've always been a businessman. I'm a capitalist. I, I like to believe in, in the entrepreneurial spirit. And sometimes you just have to make certain decisions that, yeah, unfortunately, they, they, they might not seem to be popular or the right thing to do. 
but it's my choice and it's my decision. I live by that. I'm not, I'm not asking anyone else to take responsibility for that. I'll take responsibility for the, 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 what the outcomes, no one else is, no one else but me. I'm responsible for it. And I, I'm okay with that. And I, you know, I, like I said, I think that everyone loves the, the, the romance and the sexiness of the sport, but it's still a business and all businesses have to run, uh, you know, operationally sound and you make decisions to, to get yourself in that position. Well, let me ask you my next question, which is, uh, this is going to be an open-ended, this is a kind of a broad one for sure. Um, and, and I want to, again, state that, you know, this isn't a eulogy for Ring of Honor or anything like that. I don't want it to come off that way. But we have reached a milestone, and we did just have an end of an era show. So, Joe, when you, and I know this is probably an impossible question to answer, but when you think back or look back on 10 years that Sinclair has, has owned Ring of Honor, uh, I know that encompasses a lot of great memories and matches, but what are some of your, you know, what are the first things that come to mind as if I asked you, what are some of your favorite memories of the past 10 years? Okay. And that's a good question. But, you know, you know, I've been asked this question. I actually think about it and I journaled. So I have a good recollection year to year to year, although it all kind of blends in because every show since the first one at, uh, in Chicago, when we, at the, can't even think of the name in the building, but it was the rec hall there. Yep. Our very first show on September 11th, uh, 24th, excuse me. Every show I've been to, and I've been to a lot of them, and I mean a lot of them, Kevin. Every show is the best show I've ever seen. That's how good I think this promotion is. Highlights, obviously, Madison Square Garden, from a personal standpoint, will always be a highlight for me. Because it was multi-generational in its own way. My father took me to Madison Square Garden when I was a, when I was a boy and, and growing up in New York area. We were in Madison Square Garden. Went to all the matches at the White Plains County Center. I, I went to Shea Stadium to see Pedro Morales, you know, beat Bruno Sammartino or Bruno. I can't remember who won. It might have been a draw. It was a really cold, rainy day, but it was it was at Shea Stadium. It was so a Madison draw. Square Garden because draw, my kids my my kids were there with me. So it kind of connected me to my, the three generations of my family, not to mention that it was Madison Square Garden. And look, at the end of the day, there's only two wrestling promotions that have ever sold out Madison Square Garden. One is the WWE and one is Ring of Honor. So let, we'll, we'll, never, we'll never lose sight of that. Another highlight, believe it or not, and I touched upon it earlier, was, the, was how we handled COVID as a company. And as 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 inhumanity, and putting the right things in front of the right things, and it was important for me that our people be safe. It was important for me when we ended that, when we sent everyone home from Las Vegas. And you know, Kevin, if you go back, we were one of the first events that did that. The NBA followed the next week and all that stuff, but we made that conscious choice. We have a lot of international talent. This thing was making me nervous. Um, I had just been in New Orleans, you know, that same week earlier in the week and saw what was happening there. I wanted our people to be home with their families. I didn't want them stuck somewhere where they couldn't get out. Big decision. To have the support of our company, which is unbelievable, to say, just go ahead and keep it operating. We understand, you know, we understand all the revenue losses and stuff like that, but we have to care about these people, our people. 
that meant a world to me. Um, but, you know, being in Japan, um, you know, going to the super shows and, and, and going to Kirikin Hall and watching Ring of Honor in Japan and seeing the respect internationally um, was really, really special to me. And just being around people like Jay and Mark Briscoe, Matt Taven, um, Again, if I start naming names, everyone's going to go, why didn't he name me? <laughs> um, all the people, all the people we, look, I, I would even tell you that All In was a, a wonderful moment for, the, for me and the company. Um, because it really, it really elevated us. It elevated other things as well. But you know what? That's a show that they wanted to do. And that was their idea to do the show. And I thought it was a great idea. Um, regardless of what the outcome was, it was a great idea and it was a great show. So I, I would have to count that as, as part of that. But every event, to see the guys, to see the camaraderie, to see the warmth, to see the love, to see the respect, to almost like self-police the organization to make sure that we had the right puzzle pieces all the time, that's been a highlight to me. Working with my office staff, the production people, um, this, this has just been a blessing to me. Um, to watch their growth, and to watch everyone's growth. I mean, let's look at what Ring of Honor looked like 10 years ago, and look what it looked like Saturday night. Um, and these are basically the same people from the beginning to the end. There's a lot of growth in there, and watching that growth is very, very satisfying to me. So not only from the talent side, but from the business side, from the production side. Um, you know, we we kind of said, well, we don't care what the business says. These are our people. We're going we're gonna to do it with them. And we did it with them. And you know what? These people who probably would never at the time been hired in those positions to do those jobs probably put on the best wrestling that's seen on television. So I'm proud of that. Um, but like I said, all the people that have passed in and out, um, you know, I think of PCO, what a pleasure to, to have to have worked with and dealt with a guy like Carl Ouellette. I mean, that's special for me. And what's really special, again, guys, I love you all. If you're listening, I, I, I don't have the roster in front of me and my, uh, I'm working hard to try and get you all in. But, you know, every, every Adam Cole, every relationship that I've had um, has been special to me and I hope has been special to them. And the one thing I've always wanted everyone to know Nobody knows why we were all at this place at this time and for what reason. But what I like to think and believe is that we recognized it, we took advantage of it, and we got the most out of it. Well, so much to be proud about, uh, for sure. And I'll just say, you know, for my part, I've been with Ring of Honor for six years now. And, um, you know, I've worked other places. I've brought this up before. I've, I've worked WrestleManias and, and other shows and um, no show meant more to me personally than uh, being at Final Battle uh, Saturday night. And, uh, and I've told you this before and I've, and I've said it publicly. Um, I, I've never been more honored, uh, no pun intended, uh, to be part of a wrestling company than uh, the time I've spent here in, in Ring of Honor and, and will continue to spend in Ring of Honor going forward. Again, I, this isn't a uh, a finality or a period at the end of a sentence. Right. You got to uh, be careful of how people read that because I understand it because this is right. this is how it's happened. 
there'll be a headline that says Kevin X says goodbye to Ring of Honor. I mean, right, exactly. You, you know, they can listen to the podcast and say, where, where did that? But that's what'll happen because oh, right. you you know that as a journalist, that's 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 the eventuality. They look for the headline, Absolutely. and then they they weave it back in. Yes, yes. You got to get those clicks, clickbait. You got to have those clickbait headlines. Yeah, exactly. And I get it. I mean, look, that's that's the business set today, and that's. That's how people react, and even as part of that reimagining, we have to understand how that works, and how to how to how to work to that that, that constituency, and how it best works for us. Um, and I appreciate that comment. And and by the way, the only reason why I didn't mention Saturday night is because we spent the first hour talking about Saturday yeah, of course, night. Of course. Well, and Joe, before we wrap wrap this up, um, you've mentioned the fans several times uh, throughout this interview. And obviously, we've said many times the special relationship between ROH and its fans. So the last thing I want to do before we wrap up is just give you the opportunity if there are any, any words. Uh, I was going to use, I was going to say final words. I don't mean final in the literal, you know, don't take that to me again more than it means. Final as yeah, don't, in, don't make that a headline. No right. headlines here. No headline on final. Final as in right. the last thing we're going to say on the podcast today uh, to the right. fan. To the fans you know i i think the fans you know kevin you've been at the shows you know where i am i'm never i'm very rarely backstage i'm always out front um the fans know how i feel about them because i got the hugs and i got the pictures and i took every picture and shook every hand and gave everyone the hug that was looking for it without the fans we would be nothing and i don't want anyone to and without our viewers who watch the program week in and week out thank you for, on behalf of Ring of Honor and the stations you watch them on. Without the fans, we are nothing. And to minimize their role in success is crazy. And they will for always be part of Ring of Honor community. They play a different role, but they play an important role because they drive the energy in the buildings. They drive the energies on the internet. They're important. They're an important part of the fuel for what makes us keep going. So I'm forever grateful and will always be grateful and, and look forward to our, our next get togethers and, and uh, our next experiences and our next adventures and the next journey. You know, all we did is close one journey and we're about to start another, taking a little bit of a rest because I think we've worked hard and we've played hard. So we're entitled to it. It's also the holiday season. It's going to want to wish everybody a happy holidays, no matter which, what you're celebrating. And I know Hanukkah has passed. So in retrospect, happy Hanukkah. And we're going into Christmas and Kwanzaa and all of the holidays, whatever, whatever your holiday is that you believe in, let it be happy. Let it be joyous. Let it be healthy and let it be just filled with peace and love. Well, I can't say it any better than that. That's for sure. Um, Joe, I really, really appreciate you taking the time today. I know you're a busy guy, but taking the time today to do this, I thought it was really important coming off final battle and entering into this um, new era uh, that the fans hear from you directly. And um, again, I thank you for being so gracious with your time and, uh, and doing that. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for all your support and thank you for being part of us. All right. That's my pleasure. And I want to thank everybody out there as well for listening and remind you that a new episode of the ROH Strong Podcast drops every Monday morning on ROHWrestling.com and most podcast platforms. Keep it locked into ROHWrestling.com and ROH's social media channels. That's at Ring of Honor on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor for news regarding upcoming episodes. 
Also, for the latest ROH news and views, you can read my column, X-Files, every Friday on ROHwrestling.com. Until next time, this is Kevin X saying stay safe and let's all be ROH strong.